This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Max Cohen and Giannis Janais. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 3-1 loss to Leicester City at the King Power Stadium. This was a very horrible loss for Fulham, the way the second half went after they scored the goal. We're going to talk about everything in this match, but before I do anything else, I have to welcome both of my co-hosts back to the show. First, Mr. Cohen, how are you doing? No away wins, Russ. No away wins. And looks like, I mean, hey, we're not going to get one all season. I, I saw a tweet that we might as well just go for the most goals conceded in the league <laughs> and the fewest points total. I mean, the fifth fewest points total in the league. Yeah. Why not? We're not staying up. Let's just put ourselves in the record books and make the season even more memorable than it already is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, Max. I hear what you're saying. It's, listen, it's been a horrible season and, uh, Yesterday was the uh, cherry on the Sunday. I hate to say it. And Giannis, the loss basically puts Fulham out of any thought of getting back into this because now they're 13 points out. That's what was so devastating about it. But watching that match, Giannis, it looked like a carbon copy of so many matches I've seen this season. Yeah, you know, if you if we didn't need proof positive that we're so far out of our depth, it's, it'd be really like. It'd be like me going up to J Lo and asking her for a date, <laughs> and, to, and 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 that's because she's too far below my debt. <laughs> I'm out. Of, I'm, I'm I'm out of a league. I mean, it's just you know, it's not happening. But I mean, jokes aside, you look at the table and you look at the results, and we, we're just out of our debt. We're out of our debt, and we're in a division where now we've got you know we've got eight games left, and we might as well have a laugh just because um, much like a lot of the games, we've actually been in it and we've done something of substance and then we've thrown it away. And, you know, it, 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 this was a crazy week, guys. You know, Ranieri getting a job back at Roma, God forbid. But we've gone three managers this year. Yep. And they've all had to deal with the same nonsense. And 
we're just defensively, defensively, we're terrible. Horrible. We are, we are, we are terrible. There's no, you know, the, the stats don't lie. We're, you know, it, it, we're just, we're just terrible. We're just poor, 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 poor. And so a team like Leicester, when they've got, they've got speed and they've got skill and they've got someone like Vardy who's a talisman for them, you're always going to be playing Russian roulette um, if y- your percentages don't work. And, you know, I think 3-1 was a reflective of the scoreline. I thought we had some good bits, but in the end, we just got all ho-hum. We've got uh, Liverpool next and then Man City. So, you know, it's t- but now, actually, importantly, now is the time for the club and whoever is going to be doing recruitment to start planning from now. We know it's March the 10th. We know we're going down. Yep. So let's start planning for five months ahead so that we're ready for the first game of the season. Because last year, the excuse was used that we went to the playoff final, we got through, and maybe there wasn't enough time. That's because there needed to play be a plan A and a B. Now we sort of know where we're going to be. Now right. we can really start to plan. I totally agree with that, Giannis. And uh, I do hope that uh, Tony Khan and uh, his team start the process now. Why not? Yeah. Because, again... I think you have a very strong idea where you're going to be. It would be a, just a huge upset for them to pull this off with the matches that they have left. So I agree with you. Start the planning now. Get ready for the championship and uh, because now you have a good amount of time to do your planning, whereas with the situation with last season, I, it was a little bit harder because, like you said, you had a plan A and plan B. Right now, there's just one plan. So get going on it. I totally agree with you. Very good point there. All right, guys to really just get into talking about this match and really get your thoughts on it. I thought I would share some reaction from Scott Parker. And it's very interesting. Let's share some quotes. And it's funny because the title of the article on the phone website is caretaker manager reaction, which I find interesting that it was uh, phrased that way. So I'm going to share some comments from Scott Parker after the match and see if they match up with what we watched. This is what Scott Parker said. Quote, obviously, individual errors have cost us the game in the end. The first half wasn't us in the sense of how we wanted it to look. Second half, we improved a lot, got an equalizer, and at that point felt in control of the game and were a threat. In this division, if you make big mistakes, the ball normally ends up in the back of your net, and that's what happened today. We changed things around a little bit, tried to gain some control, tried to get some bodies inside the pitch, and built from there, which was very pleasing. The mistakes changed the game, and it was difficult from there. We've worked all week on the way we play and the style of football we want to play. I felt in the first half we were a bit naive in the way we played against the side under a new manager and a front four who were very aggressive in their pressing. It probably gave them a lift and we never really gave ourselves a foundation to build on. That changed in the second half, and the real positive was that we seemed a little more grown up. We didn't quite understand the moments in the game in the first half, but that was different in the second half, unquote. There are more quotes, but I thought that would be a good taste of what Scott Parker had to share after the match. And, Max, I'm going to start with you. Thoughts on what Parker said, and does it match up a little bit with what we watched? That's not the first thing I would take away from what he said. He really focused on um, how, I guess, how we played out from the back. You know, he mentioned they had a dangerous front four that was pressing us. And Parker said we were naive. But for me, the biggest issue in the first half was our utter lack of attack. 
I mean, we had no attempts, no shots on target in the entire first 45 minutes, Russ. And that was I mean, the most damning side of them all, is that we couldn't create anything. We had no outlet. Um, so everyone knows I'm a big fan of Sassanone. He was anonymous. Bobble, too. Mitrich was out isolated. You know, Candy couldn't create. There was just nothing linking our midfield to our attack. And this is where I tweeted out after the match, or actually at halftime, we miss a Bubukar Kamara. We miss a Bubukar Kamara so much because in away matches like this, when we're constantly under pressure, we're just soaking up pressure, Leicester really has us under the cost for most of those first 45 minutes, there's no outlet. There's no player with the necessary pace and power and ingenuity to get in behind, to make those runs. I mean, Bobble doesn't have the pace anymore. Cessna just looked out of sorts. And when you have a player like Kamara who can give you that outlet, could play a ball over the top, who run onto it, relieve the pressure just for a bit, and maybe make something happen. We're just missing that. And and when Aite came on, he actually provided some of that, some of those same things. But I think everyone can agree that Kamara is a more effective player than Aite is. Okay, very interesting. Giannis, your thoughts on what Max just shared? Feel free to comment on uh, what he said about missing Ubukar Kamara. That's a very interesting comment. And also thoughts on what Scott Parker shared. Well, the problem we've got, I think really, I think the microcosm of this whole season can be summed up by the lineup we had out yesterday, and particularly okay. the bench. You know, Fabry, Le Marchand, Christy, Seri, Anguissa, and Vieto. $300 million worth of <laughs> nonsense. And, 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 you know, Parker and Ranieri, I mean, Ranieri wasn't, obviously wasn't a good fit. But Parker, Ranieri, and Slava, I've had to sit and look at this squad and go, well, where in hell's name are we competitive? You know, where, where, where can we possibly compete? First half, Lest I thought played very well, and we really didn't look like we were in it. We no. looked a little shell-shocked. But then once we got a goal back, the confidence was good. And, um, you know, is there anything more symptomatic of our malaise than the way that Cess looks right now? Right. He looks so devoid of confidence. I mean, you know, remember, he's still on the 18. But the thing about the Kamara, the, the problem with Bubu is that what he did was was really insubordination and then just completely lost the plot. So he ends up in Turkey. And not even a top club in Turkey. And, um, you know, there's no iron team. No. And Tim Ream, early in the season, talked about lack of chemistry in the in the in the dressing room, which I thought was a little, maybe a little fresh, considering that he'd had an injury and just has not looked the same. I mean, again, I think very poor yesterday. But what are you going to do with this group of players? What what do you do? And I know um, the the, the blame has been thrown around and, you know, individual mistakes yesterday cost us and blah, blah, blah. But you've got to look at, You've got to look at the recruitment here and what happened. And we're, by miracles, 19th best in the division. And how Huddersfield are worse than us, I'll never know. <laughs> um, we're just we're bad. We're just we're just bad. Yep. I mean, we're just a train wreck ready. We did so well at the part of the second half. We, we we attacked with some intent. We caused them some problems, and then bang bang, Vardy on the break. Right. Let me ask you, Giannis, because I'm curious your thoughts on it. Obviously, we're going to break down both halves. What did you see as being the difference between half one and the second half? What? Well, I'm sure. Part what of changed? What that, changed? What? What changes did you see? Well, I hate to say this because I might, I might have to be sipping on signs. Oh, here it comes. 
I might have to say this. Um, Ryan Sessegnon, Sess had a, you know, not so much a poor first half, he just, he looked lost and he yep. devoid of confidence. And I, I love him to death, and we all do. And so he's made the decision to bring Mr. Aite on. And he's, 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 you know, it's paid dividends early on. We've got the equaliser, and all of a sudden we look like a different side. Yep. Um, but it's a killer for players like Mitro, as an example. I mean, if I was Mitro, I wouldn't stay next year. I mean, I mean, where's his strength? He's, he has scored more goals than any other player in the Premier League this year from from headers, and yet we can't get him. We can't get him decent goals. There's one that one that header down. It was a decent save by Schmeichel, but we don't service him. He's covering every blade of grass. We just don't seem to have any. You know, we're just lumping balls up to him, and he's he's just chasing shadows. And with, you know, when you've got defenders like Evans and Maguire at the back, you're not going to get much short change as big and strong as he is. So, um, I don't know. I, I feel like an owl sometimes. I do so much head nodding. <laughs> but we just, um, you know, the Aita thing was temporary and it worked. It got us equaliser. Yep. But you always felt we were just one mistake away from blowing it again. You know. Yeah, that's took, exactly yeah, what and that's, You know, and it's, it's, it's really weird. Rico doesn't look great on crosses. You know, the first goal was the clearance that went wrong, yet he made an absolutely brilliant save in the second half. And the, and the more, and yeah. that to me is the best save I've seen this year. It was a fantastic save. Fingertip around the post, it was brilliant. Yeah, on uh, Barnes, that was a great save. On Barnes, yeah. But that's the inconsistency that we've had as a squad this year. We've not been able to put two halves together or patches in play together where we've been consistent. And it's individual mistakes that do us every time. Absolutely. So, you know, we're, we're at the bottom for a reason. And sometimes, you know, you just resign your fate. As I said, we've got, now got five months to get ready. Enjoy the last eight games while we can. And see if we can, um, you know, we, phew, good. 14, 13, 14 of this 18 that were on show yesterday might be gone at the end of next, at the start of next season. Bring that um, cost us, certainly it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny there, Giannis. All right, Max, I'm going to go to you. Giannis already talked a little bit about the 18 overall. I want your thoughts on the starting 11, but I also want to talk about the players on the bench. As mentioned, Giannis brought that up. And what was interesting is that uh, the announcer, Ian Dark, was talking about all the money that was on the bench, and that was kind of telling. And I actually kind of agree with that. I wasn't against the starting 11, but to see all that money on the bench is kind of uh, frightening to think about how – I think it's really a microcosm of how bad the season is when you have all these players that they sign, and these are players that they're counting on, and they're on the bench. Yeah, I mean, the big two ones, obviously, are Anguissa and Sari. Yep. And, you know, I mean, Sari, I think he was coming back from injury, so that's one of the reasons why he didn't start. Um, but I, I, I think also when he came on, it's kind of when we lost the plot, to be completely fair. I wouldn't say it's his fault, but he didn't he didn't change a match for me. He didn't, he didn't make a big difference, and I would have liked to see Anguissa probably start because he had a positive uh, finish to the match against Chelsea. Yep. But I mean, that bench, let's look at the bench, right? Fabry, what we bought him for 5 million. Yep. Anguissa's 30. Seri's 24. Got Christy, you know, last January. Marshawn, round seven. Vieta's alone. Aite, we got him three years ago. But looking at that bench, who do you bring on to change the match? I mean, Aite obviously is the one we did and, and he did change yep. the match kind of unbelievably. I mean, Giannis... 
I don't even know what Giannis's reaction was when he scored. Though. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I'm, I'm crazy with cyanide. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but no one—I mean, no one thought he would do anything like that, which is spectacular for him. But I mean, Vieto—he has that ability to change a match, I think. But has yep. only shown it once all season, basically against Brighton. And then those are basically only two, you know, it's really out and out attacking players. Yeah, it's not good enough. I mean, is this, there's not enough quality in the side at the end of the day. And we've seen it all season. We're nowhere near a Premier League team. We're nowhere near. And, and so many more teams in this league get results, know how to play in the division, know how to string your right, two halves together, which we haven't done all season. And the players are also just much more consistent. The Rico thing kind of stands out most for me because he's really very shaky with wide balls. And I think, you know, the third goal should have been saved. I mean, that was a really weak shot from Vardy. Well placed in the corner for sure. But... I think he might. Have, he probably should have got down there, but and then he goes and makes an amazing save from Barnes. It's that yep. inconsistency that's essential to how we play. We have players who are capable of great things, but they cannot do it for ninety minutes. And yep. then that's the individual errors, right? Nordvite, I thought made one excellent challenge on Vardy in in that first half to deny him when he was thrown goal. And then what does he do in the second half? He passes it right to the Leicester player. He did. It's baffling. I mean, and and you can't coach these things, in my opinion. You all you want doing formation, Parker can say all you want about you know changing the way we play and making us more positive. Yeah. But when a player gives it under no pressure to the other team, unless you drop them, who do you drop them for? The Marshawn who also make mistakes. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't make any sense because they're all making talking. mistakes, and that's why we're going down. Yeah. Because no manager can fix this at the end of the day. The thing that stands out, and it's funny because I, I was talking to. Uh, Paul Parrish on full-time, and he just basically spelled it out. And we've said this time and time again, Max. Mistakes that they are making this season, they could probably get away with the majority of them in the championship. You can't in the Premier League. And it's such a difference. And, you know, again, they got taken advantage of every mistake they make. So that's really why we are in the situation that we're in. It, because it happens each and every match. You know, we have basically 11 players that are playing like Philippe Senderos, and I can't believe I'm saying that. You know, each player has a mistake in them. I, I know I'm going a little overboard, but I think you guys understand what I'm talking about. Giannis, back over to you. Really didn't get your thoughts on the starting 11. Max said he would have started in Giza instead of McDonald. Correct, Max? That's correct, yes. Okay. Your thoughts. Would you have done that? Well, I, I, might have done, I might have done, but then it's the old hindsight thing. I mean, Kearney, um, Kearney, first half, all he kept doing was going backwards. You know, and it just, it's, um, and by the way, back to the sender horse thing, I'd take sender horse over there. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, apart from that one challenge that Nordvite Nord uh, made on Varney, I'm going to yes. rename him Nordvite, no not Nordvite. <laughs> I would, I would take the horse. I'd take the, I'd take a three-legged sender horse <laughs> over these two. I mean, honestly, but oh, it was, it they was, were so um, bad. No, it, it, it was, and and um, Kenny, you know, Kenny for all his skill, he doesn't look quick enough. He's not, he's not savvy enough. He's not savvy enough to compete with the, the top players. And you know, there, there's a, I think there's a light, there's um, there's a light here, you know, behind every cloud and the silver lining. We're so bad right now that I think the only player that might actually get himself a ticket out of here might be Mitro. 
because Cesc, I think teams will become will be nervous about Cessignon yeah, yeah, because exactly. he's not had a good year. I agree with and that. Then, and then that's and then that's that's and that you know he's got age on his side. And with Kearney, I think the teams are going to look at Kearney and and say, well, he flatters to deceive. Case in point. Performance of James Madison on the other I was side. Just, you just read my mind. I was going to give, give you a comparison between Madison yeah. and Kearney. Yeah, Madison Madison was a good player uh, at uh, Norwich, and he is a good player now. And he's. Uh, I thought he had a very good game, very controlled game. First touch was good. Ball distribution was good. Kearney is too slow um, to release the ball. He has to... He has to. He doesn't drive when he's moving. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't scan the field quick enough to release the ball. I, he, I don't like his movement to pockets. I tend to, I, it tends to be reactive. It's not a, you know, shit on Kearney Day. It's just, right. you know, it's symptomatic <laughs> of the malaise. It, this is this is the team that we've got, and um, you know, Mitro right now, to me, is a given. But and if I was Mitro, I wouldn't stay here. Why? why because he's better than he's better than this team. Oh, absolutely. The rest of them. The rest of them? Oh, no. The rest of them, um, well, I mean, Seri and uh, Le Marchand might go back to France. But but the rest of them are, are, are championship level. Well, I think championship level. I think they're going to have a hard time unloading Anguisa. And actually, I want him to stay because I want to see if they can get something out of him more than they have this season. I, I think if there's one player that they got, obviously with a huge price tag, I actually want them to hold on to Anguisa, which might surprise people, just because I, I think that there is, as Mike Greg has said to me, a good player in there. just think he needs yeah. some time, and I think maybe a year in the championship, you could get that out of him. I think he could be helpful in the championship. But the rest of them, besides Mitro, I understand what you're talking about, Yanis. And I think what's important for Fulham is to get some of their value up, like you just said, because I think they're going to have to sell some of their players. Right now, Mitrovic is the one that, We'll get you the money, but right now, Sessignon's value has gone down, and that's going to hurt you. Listen, I want Ryan Sessignon to stay at home, but in the situation that they're in, you have to think about his value, and you want to maximize his value. And it's a good point, Giannis. Maybe you would have to wait another year. But the problem is he only has one year left on his deal, so that's an issue. I mean, listen, they've got serious issues going on. I'm talking about Fulham Football Club, and, and these are things that they have to think about. And Giannis, this goes to the planning. That's why I am yeah. glad that you brought that up. Start the planning right now if you haven't already because you know where you're going to be. Start the planning. All right. Yeah. Okay, guys, I know it's going to be painful. Let's get through talking about this match. It's certainly going to be painful talking about the first half because the first half was dreadful. Giannis, before I go to you and start talking about the first half, was the first half performance by Fulham more to do with Leicester City or Fulham? I think it was a bit of both. I mean, I, I thought, um, I, I mean, I, I thought Leicester attacked well to start off with. We just looked like we were, we looked like we were second to the races. We just we looked lead legged. Um, we, we looked like um, maybe the honeymoon hadn't worn off in the second half against against Chelsea. And let's be honest. Um, you know, let's give let's give credit where it's due. I thought we were very very good against Chelsea second half. I thought, I thought so we, too. It was it was it was we put some pride back in, but we looked we looked dokey dozy. And uh, I suspect 
that Parker would have had a few choice words at halftime and yep. said, look. And that's why he probably got, got a, a response. And got a response, and he didn't. That's fine. Um, but, you know, even – and talking about Scott Parker, this is his first manage, managerial role. Now, this has been a rather bizarre last 24 hours. I mean, the, the sacking of Darren Moore of West Brom, is, is, it really beggars belief of stupidity of some owners. Um, and we do have some – you know, the guy's fourth in the division, and he gets fired. But if I'm Scott Parker right now, you know, people say, well, it's his first job. You know, it's a bit, it's a, it's a good role. It's a great job. You know, he's getting his feet wet. But if I'm Parker, I'm saying, look, it's one thing to say I'm in a caretaker's role, but why the hell would I want to stay here next year if there isn't a plan in place? You're setting, you're setting the club up for failure and you're setting me up as a manager for failure. So I think, you know, um, that first half really should have shown the ownership where we're at right now. Yeah. Forget the division. Um, and second half, yeah, we've shown better. But again, we've, you know, we've pulled the trap door open while we're standing on top of it. Absolutely. And that's the end of that. So it was a, sh- it was a shame. Um, yeah. But I think it was a bit of both. We were, we were flat to start. And I thought Leicester played well first half. Okay, excellent. All right, let's get into it. Max, I'll go to you. Let's go right to the goal from Leicester City. As Giannis was just mentioning, Leicester City were by far the better side, and it started early and it was often throughout that half. So let's talk about the goal, and I want to ask you, who do you blame from Fulham on the goal from Telemans? It was actually just just a a pass from Jamie Vardy, but it started with uh, some full mistakes. Yeah, what a surprise, right? We're making mistakes at the back. Hmm. (laughs) It's Chambers. I mean, Chambers has to take the brunt of the blame here because he's the man who receives the ball with his back to, with his back, uh, to the player. He doesn't have the awareness, and he takes a touch. And it's, just, it's just heavy. When you're in that position as a center midfielder, that is the most dangerous position to be in because you know, you know you're going to have a player on you. You know you're going to have to t- take a touch back towards your own goal, and you're basically unsighted of, of the danger behind you. So his positioning to receive that ball is poor. You have to be better there. And then, if anything, you don't take another touch – you get rid of that ball because you know someone's going to be breathing down your neck. Right on top. It was top excellent of pressing. Yeah, right on top of him. Um, and then it's – I mean, Rico, you can't blame him. He goes out. He tries to get Vardy and then squares to Tielemans. But the funny thing was the entire first half, the commentator was saying, oh, you know, Tielemans still looking for his first Leicester goal. <laughs> He's taking a lot of – oh, we won't get his first Leicester goal. It's, it's been, really been a long time coming. And then you just knew we'd, we'd be the one to gift him his first Leicester goal. It's, it's, it's yeah. a classic Fulham thing. You know, we gave Palace, like, whatever, the first home in a while. You know, Vardy gave him his 100th Premier League goal. If anyone's in need of a record or a place to break their duck, you have to play Fulham. That, that's just the, the bottom line. Okay, very good. All right. Then we go a little bit further into the first half. Talk about Tillemans. He had a couple more opportunities to score in the 36th and the 38th minute. And it was a dominating performance from Leicester City, Giannis. So, again, as we get nearer to the end of the first half, were you surprised and actually feeling, you know, relieved that Fulham got out of the first half only down 1-0? Well, I'm going to sum up the first 35 minutes of our performance with this sound. I lost it. It was a sound of a a donkey. (laughs) But but you but you, you get but you get you get the feeling there. Yes, no, I, I get that. You know what? It's it's like um, I like to say it's um, 
It's like get, it's coming second in a one-horse race. <laughs> you know, it, it, we just we. I don't know why this is doing this. It doesn't want to. It doesn't want to work for me. But it, no, it was. Um, we just weren't in it, Russ. We weren't yeah. in it, and um, it was just. It was a. It was. We it, again, men against boys, and we've seen a lot of it this year. And yep. what it is, Russ. I mean, if you you can sit, look at Leicester City and say, oh well, they're not having a great great season, but they're a good professional side. Yeah, they're a good professional. We've they said really that about are. several teams, by the way. Yeah, we have. Yeah, and 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 that, and that with the emphasis on the p- p- professional, so some of the mistakes that we see from some of our defenders, and we're going to go back to Sendals. I can't believe this. <laughs> um, is the fact that it's a sort of thing that we might see at a Sunday house league game or a local park with men over. Men's over forty fives, you know the simple mistakes where you're not scanning the field, you know your your first touch lets you down, your pass is heavy, you have no awareness of players that are tracking you down, you can't see the space in front of you, you don't see the options, you're not listening to the call. There's so much rubbish, which you, which you really do, you know, you typify with any good, you know, like a Watford, a Leicester, yep. um, a Brighton, a, you know, good professional sides. And we just aren't at that level. We're just not very smart. We're not a smart team, and we have players who really aren't very smart. And that manifests itself with a number of horrific mistakes. I mean, these aren't these aren't um, these aren't you know complex errors, guys. No, these they're are not. Basic bloody errors. You know, if you step off a cliff, there's only one way you're going to go, and it's not up. So it's it's you know I mean I was relieved we should have been three or four down at halftime. Oh, I totally so, agree. So it was it was, um, but I mean, you know what? If look, being a Fulham supporter is about having a sense of humour. So I mean, that's uh, we're certainly we're certainly used to that. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm just going to add this to talk about the mistakes, and you're talking about being a professional team, and most of the teams that former point aren't making these mistakes. They might make one every once in a while, but they're not making them consistently like Fulmar. And I watched a match right after this, and this will just tell you, you know, again, to put it on the level that I was watching, nothing against MLS, anyone that is a fan of the MLS, but the New England Revolution are just an average team in the MLS. They were making the same mistakes Fulham were making. I'm talking about almost the same exact mistakes when they were playing their match against Columbus Crew, And I thought, this is the level. <laughs> they are playing at the level of MLS. Yeah. And obviously, anyone that's watched MLS, MLS, honestly, overall, is probably not even close to a championship level. They have players that are a much higher level, but they just don't have enough overall talent. It keeps getting better. But the New England Revolution players were making the same mistakes. And I said, that is telling to me. And nothing against the Revs, but it's a Premier League team versus an MLS team, and the same mistakes were happening. And to see it happen in two matches back-to-back was just nauseating for me. So I just had to share that. All right, (laughs) let's move to the second half. And Giannis, Max, I'm going to go back to Giannis because we have to give him the honors, right? We have Oh yes, I want to hear. I want to hear this whole describe in exquisite detail. Exquisite. Okay, here we go. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I went and had a nap. <laughs> Come on, Giannis. I, got... I went and had a. I went and had a nap, and um, 
I got up and my wife said to me, you're not going to believe who just scored. And I went, if you say to me it was Floyd bloody Aite, I'm going to be very, very mad indeed. And she said, yes, bloody Floyd Aite scored a goal. <laughs> to be fair to him, it was a nice run. It he was. Got a bit of luck on it, cuts inside the defender. It was. And, um, and it was a nice, a nice finish. I, I thought, oh, my good God. You know, oh, he scored. Hurrah, I have to cheer for Floyd. You know, and I did, and I did heartily yeah. too. For, 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 for that brief nanosecond, he was one of my, my heroes. Wow. Of course, that lasted a brief second. <laughs> but it was a good goal. And you know what? It was a shocker because, frankly speaking, did, did we deserve to even be in that? I mean, no, yeah, we didn't. Ian Dark. Yeah, Ian Dark. Because before then, I think I've got the sound bites. I think I have it. Oh, it's, oh, I've lost it again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> there you go. That was, that was, that was our, that was our first half, as was this. Okay, yeah, so I'm not hearing it. <laughs> Nonetheless, no, it was, um, it, you know, it was, it was a, a nice goal, and they looked in shock, and it, yep. it's funny how the little things can make a difference, and, and all of a sudden we get some confidence. We start getting our foot on the ball, and we started knocking it about, and yep. we made Leicester look ordinary, which was great. If we'd, I had the sense if we'd scored a second goal, you know, we, we could have nicked the points, but but we're an accident waiting to happen. That's right. You know, we, 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 we really are. It's just, you know, if you go into a pub and you drink 11 pints, you know, the, the, you're not going to be standing by the end of the night, are you? No. And you probably have your head in a bucket. So <laughs> you just got the feeling that we were just one little tiny mistake away from, from gloom and doom. And as it turns out, they hit us late. And... um it's a shame because I, I thought for a period we did, we did okay, but um, we're just not obvious. We're just not the quality and uh, a good professional outfit like Leicester uh, tore us apart. Absolutely. And uh, let's go into this now. And Max, I'm going to go to you. I'm just going to mention some key moments. Fulham definitely started to uh, get on top after the goal from uh, Eighty. They looked like the team, I think, that was more likely to score, which is kind of funny now looking back at it on a three-to-one loss. But at the time, Fulham were actually looking like they were going to potentially get a second goal. But before all of some some decent moments, you do have a really good save from Sergio Rico. Giannis talked about it earlier. It was in the 63rd minute on, on a shot by uh, Harvey Barnes. That was actually a, a wonderful save, probably one of the better saves I've seen this season by anyone. It was a great save. So I, I want to give Sergio Rico a lot of credit there. And then uh, shortly after that, you have a shot by Ryan Babel. And then Babel goes off and John michael Seri comes on. And then after this, we have to talk about the opportunity here, the header from Mitro, which was set up beautifully from Joe Bryan. I, I just wish we've seen more crosses from Joe Bryan over the course of the season. Max, I'm going to go to you because Giannis brings this up. Do you think if Mitro scores here, maybe Fulham gets something out of this match? Yeah, I mean, because that's one of our big issues. We don't capitalize on periods of pressure like other teams do. We're just not as clinical as other sides in the division. Oh, it's a great ball. I mean, Joe Bryan, we've seen him do this intermittently, right? That was one of the big stories of the Brighton match was his crosses in from the left from Bryan and Mitro getting on the end of them with his headers. That's where we're so successful. That was our only win of 2019. Can you imagine that? So it was a good formula. It's just I don't think Brian produces this enough. He's not as consistent as other players in the, in the Premier League. He can get good crosses in, 
but you know, one time out of 10. Whereas right. in reality, it should be five or six times out of 10. So it's a great ball. And Mitrovic is really actually really far away from the goal when he heads it. Puts a brilliant header and Schmeichel gets a really crucial touch on it to steer it away. And if that goes in, it's a totally different match for us. You're right. I think we probably go on to at least draw, maybe yeah. hold on to win. But then, you know, it was that period when we were olaying every single pass we made. Yeah. We looked confident. And then Nordweit happens. And then everything that happens every time the season afflicts us yet again. And, and, and that's foolish. That, that is who we are as a club right now. Yeah. And that's why we're not good enough for this division. Absolutely. I do want to mention that in the 74th minute, you, had, you did have a, another opportunity from Joe Bryan. So, like you said, you were talking about we heard the Olays. Fulham were, again, in the ascendancy. And that's what's so frustrating about this. Giannis, and I'm going to go to you because I want you to describe this uh, horrific goal that Fulham gave up. Because that, that's what really upset me, is that they looked, like I said, I keep saying this, that they could potentially get that second goal. But Max brings up a good point. When you are in the ascendancy, you have to be clinical. And they weren't clinical at all because they did not take advantage of that time that they had. And then, of course, they get punished with another mistake. It's a goal by Jamie Vardy in the 78th minute. So let's talk about this and walk us through. The blame on this one, it's Harvard Nordvite. Harvard no fight. No wonder West Ham fans was, were laughing laughing when we got him. No, it's, it's another self-inflicted wound. Um, you know, I, I've got a... The second goal went in. It's a, it's a good finish by Vardy. But, you know, I've got, to, I've got to say something about our fans. You know, okay. our fans... Our fans this year, home and away, have put up with some royal shit. They really have. And they've gone up and down the country. You see it on Instagram. You see it on Twitter. You see it on Facebook. These are loyal fans. You know, they're weekly wages. They look up. They look for an opportunity to, to go and support their team. And I've, I've felt terrible for the, the level of tripe they've had to put up with. And that giveaway by Nordvite was just a microcosm of the season for me. What a load of old hooey. You could hear our fans in the background after Aita had scored. You know, they were singing the whole whole game. They've been absolutely magnificent this year. I cannot, to, to me, really, if you're going to talk about player of the season, to me, it's not. It's the fans. The fans deserve all the credit for the way they've had to put up with some of the nonsense. I yeah. bet you, you felt the collective balloon pop when that second one oh, that was the it. rumblings. Yeah, I'd be like, God, you, really? Like, really? You, you're, you're an international defender in the best league in the world. And you can't scan. You've got a ball at your feet, and you can't scan pressure. You did, the way he was facing. He didn't need to. He didn't even need a call. It was. It was a way with times terrible. And Vardy, hey, Vardy's Vardy's an England international, and Vardy um, is one of the hardest uh, working strikers you will see in any league around the world. I mean, he's just just tremendous player, and love his spirit. And again, you give him half a yard, Rico had no chance. And it was out of nothing because it looked like we were going to we were knocking on the door and then bang, two one. It's just yeah. deflating. It's whatever players we could bring in: Michael Mouse, Donald Duck, Minnie Mouse. I think even I think even Messi would, would screw it up in this team. We just we can't we, we can't do anything right. And you it's can't horrible. blame I'm not can't blame the coaches. You know they just it just it they just if this if this lot were a cake. If this lot were a cake, they'd be two years past their sell-by date. 
I like that. Yes, it's actually very interesting that you use that analogy. All right, let's uh, finish up this mess. Luciano Vieto comes on for Kevin McDonald at, at that point, and it looked like it was going to be in Giza, but after the goal, Scott Parker decides to put on Vieto instead. Then uh, shortly after that, you have Rico save on Okazaki. Now we have to talk about the goal that obviously put the match away and make it 3-1. to one. And, uh, Max, I'll give you the honors since I just gave the honors to Giannis just a few minutes ago to talk about the second goal. Third goal was pretty bad, too. Jimmy Vardy scores again. This is set up by Harvey Barnes. But what's interesting about this, and I'm going to call this another mistake, on Dennis Adoy. Because, again, let's, you know, say what you want. I don't think he handled this situation well. And next thing you know, it's an easy goal for Jamie Vardy. Your thoughts on the third goal for Leicester City? When you play Dennis Adoy's right back, you can get, you know, a lot of runs forward. You can get some questionable decisions. But one thing you're guaranteed every single match is a massive mistake when he's isolated one-on-one. It's, I mean, this is, not, this is not even anything that's new. I feel tired talking about this. I love Dennis Adoy. I think he's a great character. Uh, I remember what he did when he scored that goal against Darby in the playoff semifinal. I think in a lot of time this season, he's made really good tackles and actually been a very good defender. But he's going to make a mistake. He's not Premier League quality. He's a squad player. I'm sorry to say it. He's a squad player in the Premier League at best. 100%, 100%, 100%. And you think about it, beginning of the season, in, in the summer, we're having these discussions. And we thought, well, is Adoy going to leave? If he stays, it will be sad because he's such a great guy. Everyone loves him, really good character, but he's not going to play in the Premier League. It's going to be sad because we're going to have to say goodbye to the heroes that brought us up. That was the discussion many people were having. That's the internal thought process I had back in you know, July, early August. He's played, Russ, more than 25 matches this season. He's basically now week-in, week-out starter. He's a nailed-on starter in that back four, and that is embarrassing because he makes mistakes like this. It, it just goes to show how the line of, oh, you know, Fulham have discarded their championship squad is it, it, just completely false. And it goes to show how we're getting punished for it every single week. He dies in here on Harvey Barnes. I think he actually tries to foul him. And good on Harvey Barnes for staying on his feet. But Adoy ends up completely behind the play. You know, he gives a player like Barnes that time and space. He's going to cut it back. Vardy does the rest. I think the, the shot itself is poor. It reminds me of the goal that we conceded against Cardiff. Yeah. When Benelli... It was such a slow roller in the corner. Right, but it was still an easy goal. Yeah, an easy goal. But, again, mistakes, you're right. And this is nothing new from Adoy. Love the guy, but he shouldn't be getting anywhere near our first team, honestly. Okay, very good. All right, guys, we're going to finish up by looking at the stats and see what they tell us. Here's an interesting stat for you. Possession, 53% to 47% for Leicester City. That was pretty close. Total shots weren't 18 to 6. On target, 8-3, to three, both in favor of Leicester City. We go to corners, 6-5, to five, so they were pretty even on corners. Crosses were fairly even at 16-14 to 14 in favor of Leicester City. So then let's go to passing accuracy. Leicester City were at 86%. Guys, Fulham were at 81%, which is fairly good for that. Honestly, anything above 80% is generally pretty good for Fulham. That's usually been a, a good gauge for them is at 80%. They were at 81%. And then fouls were in favor of Fulham 13-9. to 
All right, Mr. Janaeus, what stands out to you from the full-time stats? We lost. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, you know, possession was okay. I mean, 47% possession, passing accuracy, but I mean, it's, it's, what does it mean if you're going to have one fluff up every 10, 5, 10 minutes? It's, um, you know, what Max said about De- Dennis Adoy. I mean, we're always going to love him for that header against Derby County. That be- yeah. behind the back brilliance against Newcastle four years ago. Yeah, that's, yeah. And he's, at least he's workmanlike and he tries hard and, he, you know, he's a spirit player. But he's almost like a throwback to some of our, you know, not so good teams back in the 80s. You know, we we love him because he's we love him because he tries, but we we can't really love him because he's he, he's you know he's he's not so good in certain areas. Sometimes he's downright poor. And again, you look at this back four. Um, I mean, Tim Ream right now, which I think Tim Ream would struggle to make an MLS team right now. He's he's so shot of confidence. It's not even. I mean, Nordbright's not the answer. Chambers has been flitted back and forth, and I think he's done okay. Um, what made me laugh this week, guys, was um, Fosu Mensa. Fosu Mensa making comments on Twitter. I know, I saw like, that. Like, get lost, you. Honestly, really, you you you, you had the chance to go back to United and give us the chance to get another loan. You've not, you've not, you've not done the job. Uh, I thought Joe Bryan had a very good game yesterday. It might be the best game I think I've seen him play this year. He, he looked hungry. He made some good runs. Um, I thought his tackling was good. I thought he read the game very, very well. And that was that's what Joe Bryan we thought we'd get from Bristol City last year. But, I mean, you know, all this possession and all these stats, as old Brian Clough would, would say, mean absolutely nothing if you don't score more goals in the opposition. And um, we're 19th for, for many reasons. And one is we can't defend a lick. Yeah, listen, when we talk about Dennis Adoy, you guys both can relate to this. Maybe not everyone can that follows Major League Baseball. But you know what the type of player that he is? He's a utility player, someone that you can put in at a couple of different positions but shouldn't be a starter, Giannis. And that, to me, is Dennis Adoy. Like you said, he had his moments. But I think it's telling how much he played that Max said. The fact that he has played so much is really just – an indictment on Fulham season. And uh, I'm not just trying to throw him under the bus because there are several other players. This really is not to blame Dennis Adoy. He is who he is. He's a good player that would be just a squad player to me in the Premier League and potentially could start every once in a while in the championship. And, yes, he'd started some key games. Of course, he he was in the championship final. So, but, I mean – I don't think that that's what you're looking for from Dennis Adoy. Even the Russ. championship final, I don't think that's what you're looking for. Russ, I can't believe this. I, I, I just checked the stats, and I don't even know if this has to be right, but it's maddening. Except for the two matches that he missed at the beginning of the season, the Palace and Spurs match, yep. where he was suspended because of the red card. He's played every single match in the Premier League for us. Yeah, Every single match. And the, he's played the 90 minutes in every single match except the Wofford game. When he played 45 minutes. Well, He's been again, a, that's a president. That's it's very telling. That's yeah, unbelievable. And you know, you know what? And you know what else? Um, the, the, you, you, you've got three managers there that have been in charge. But if you've got a Doy playing every single game this year, bar two, 
then and you look at this squad, you've got to, there's only one person you point at. I don't care if you've got Guardiola, Mourinho, Van Gaal, or God. You've got this bunch of players, and you're going to end up where you are. The, the table, I mean, Arsene Wenger used to, you know, I know used to be a bit of a moany groany about refereeing decisions. Yeah. But he also used to be a proponent of, you know, what things tend to even themselves up. The table doesn't lie. We are the second worst t- team in this division. And why is that? Because the recruitment sucked. We are what we are. And yeah. the finger has to be pointed at, at our friend Mr. Khan because there's no manager in the world that could have done anything with this squad. I, I challenge. Guardiola would not have been able to do anything with this squad. There's just no way. We're just poor. And Adoy, bless his cotton socks, but Adoy is an example of why. He is a championship. He is a championship defender. Yes. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I really don't. I, I just... You know, you, what you see is what you get. But when you're coming up against players earn a quarter of a million pounds a week that have hundreds of millions of dollars in budget, that have 50,000 stadia, that are experienced international captains or players that travel around the world that will seize on any mistake in a nanosecond, you can't have players that just can't play at this level. Right. And um, you know what? It's, it's the people, the person or the people that put this squad together. No, I challenge any, anybody that argued me that any coach on this planet could have done much different. As much as I was annoyed with Ranieri, as yep. much as we all lamented Slava at the start of the season. But with this group, Russ, you, me, and Max might as well take over, because what else are we going to do? There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. And we've got City and what? Liverpool and City to come? <laughs> oh, my We do. We do. Ooh, All right. Yeah. Max, before I go to you, I, I feel like I really should comment about Tony Khan because I've been vocal on Twitter about just don't point the finger at him. And Giannis, everything that you, you have said, I agree with you about the recruitment. You have to point the finger at the recruitment, but you also have to point the finger to coaches and, of course, the players. You win as a team, you lose as a team. But to get back to your point, and this is where I do agree with you, and and I hope I made this clear on Twitter. I just want people to just look at that there are a lot of people that are involved in this failure. It's not just one person. But when we are talking about the recruitment, I think it's fair to say, Giannis, and I can say this to you, that they just do not get the right players. And that's we're talking about Dennis Adore. You are right about that. I just don't want it to all be about Tony, because I think that there are other factors as well. Do you understand where I'm coming on that? Yeah, I, I do. But, there's, but it comes with one caveat, and that's this. Okay. Now, I'm going to come back to your beloved New England Patriots, as I okay. tend to do. As I tend to do. Because if you look at, <laughs> if you look at global franchises, let's talk about sports here. Yep. You know, you, 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 you put the New England Patriots up there with the Barcelonas sure. and the Real Madrid and, let's say, the All Blacks of Rugby Union. And, and, you know, and, and like the like, the like, the like, the like, the, the, the best in their generation at their sport and what they do. And they all have one real thing in common. And that is, is, is the, the way that they either coach or they recruit the players. Now, now, money plays a really, really big part. But let's put it this way. If I was going to have um, a knee replacement, I wouldn't want a vet doing it. 
<laughs> and I wouldn't want an arboriter to do it. And I wouldn't want a taxidermist to do it. I okay. want somebody who was a bloody surgeon. So sure. you've got, my point being the, ex, the level of expertise to run an organization that involves hundreds of millions of dollars, dollars or pounds or rubles or yen or whatever it's going to be requires experience in the particular position. Now, whether we like it or not, Tony Khan should not be signing and recruiting players. You need people in there that know how to spot talent. I go back to um, even 30, 40 years ago um, when Derby County were winning, you know, the, the, the top league, the division, as it was, the Division One, and then Nottingham Forest under Brian Clough and Peter Taylor. Now, Peter Taylor, who really was the right-hand man, in many ways was influential, was the yeah. guy that did the recruitment. And he was an expert. He would pick, he would go to hundreds and hundreds of games a year. And he'd pick players just, just based on all these little, you know, nuances. But he was, and he tended to go domestic. That's another story for another day. But right. you had expertise. And we have that in the Premier League now. Miss, Tony Khan spent money on names and didn't do the homework. And right now, what you have is a team that is, that is going to lose money. A hundred million dollars spent on a team that's terrible. So I think the lesson everybody has to learn here is, you know, if you want someone to make you a good cake, get a baker. <laughs> get, 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 you know, if you want somebody to, to bury your relatives, get right. a funeral director. Right. You know, don't get a gardener. Well, so yeah, I, I let me just uh, talk about that because I, I understand where you're going on that. And when it comes to Tony and, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, someone called me out on Twitter. You know, you're only saying this because, yeah, I had Tony on your show. And by the way, that was over two years ago. And I, I've been very critical of, of Tony and and others on this show. So I, I've talked about the recruitment. I talked about how they've got it wrong. So I have been critical. Here's my one caveat to this because I, I do believe that Tony's going to be in this role. I just do. I think he's going to be there, Giannis. So what I would do in that case and I would say this to Tony if, uh, you know, he ever asked me, get an advisor to help you. You know, and we've talked about this before, Giannis. Look at the Jacksonville Jaguars with Tom Coughlin. Get an advisor to help you that knows the players. Like you said, the Peter Taylor. Get the Peter Taylor that you need. Does that make sense? Yeah, but but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if um... – because Shahi Khan must be looking at this going, well, this, this is ridiculous. So um, he, Shahi Khan's going to have to make some very, very difficult decisions. Yeah. And one of them, I, I feel, is going to have to – I mean, your argument is good in terms of having the advisor come into right. the role. But the other, which is the more extreme, which is what I think a lot of Fulham fans will be looking at, is sack your son. Put him in another capacity within the club. That's fine. Yep. You know, give him another job. Paying the same money, give him a role so he feels good, and get proper people in that can run that can run it, that can that can do the recruitment. Especially now, it's five and a half months till the start of the season. Really, Shade needs to make the move now. We're down. Do it yeah. now. Get someone in and start bloody planning. Don't say, "Well, we waited till August one and we had the transfer." With no, we all know what's going to happen. Let's just prepare it. I'm sure Huddersfield. I mean, I, I like the way Huddersfield runs, and they're not, a, you know, they're not a particularly big club. But I'm pretty yep. certain that they're, um, 
they're prepping for next year and Huddersfield are going to be a, a tough side next year. And I think that's what we need to do. Now, will Shay be, have the balls to fire his son or even say, well, I don't think you know what you're doing, so we're going to bring you an advisor in to help you get better because you can't be much worse. You know, um, I don't know if, I don't know if uh, Tony Khan's ego is going to allow that, uh, but it is Shade's business. And yeah. I'm sure he doesn't want to bleed another $100 million or $100 million. It was a, it's a, it was a disaster. And, um, you know, I think Ian Wright last week on Team Talk Sports said, you know, where have all the problems come from? Did Slava become a bad coach overnight? No. Is Ranieri a bad coach? No, he's not. Um, is Scott Parker going to be a very good coach? I believe he will. But the one, the, the one common denominator is we've got all these players and they just didn't fit. Well, they've got the wrong players. Let's just say they that. And I can players. say that again. I, I'm not going to disagree with you there, Giannis. You know. Of course, if we win our next eight games, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'm going to make a <laughs> – I'm going to I'm going to. this is going to be my challenge, Max, so you can okay. do this. Right. If we win our next eight games, I will eat Stanford Bridge. <laughs> okay. Very good. I have to get Max involved. Max, you've been waiting patiently. Feel free to share your thoughts on the uh, stats. If you don't even want to talk about that, you want to jump in on all of this, feel free to. Yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about Tony Khan because he's, he's the man of the Go moment. Ahead. He's the one at the end of the day. You're right. We've got three managers. We're terrible under each one. The common denominator is Tony Khan. Now, I think that's an overly simplistic view because the, the, Ranieri and Yukanovich had their own unique flaws and nothing to do with Tony Khan. They made big mistakes in tactics and substitutions. And we cannot discount those and all blame it on Tony Khan. Russ is right. And the players have also been terrible. The vast majority of the players this season have been awful. And these are even ones we didn't bring in. Consistent players that were that are not part of the summer recruitment. They've been very bad. A ton of individual mistakes that they have to look at themselves and say, I need to do better. But Tony Khan deserves a lot of blame. And it, it's tough because, look, it's clear today that we spent £100 million and we did not spend them on the right players. Right. We need to spend I mean, the money. Fairly it's, obvious. It's, it's, I've shown we need to spend the money because we we had no we like twelve players basically after the playoff final. We need to bring in a lot of players to have a Premier League squad with depth. We have depth, and they're terrible. That's that's the end of the day. What we what we must say though is that no one was saying this. Not me. Not Ross. Not Giannis. Nope. None of us. No. Nope. And no fans or very few fans that I'm aware of were saying any of that. Come August eighth. Come transfer deadline day. What I was saying. Was I think we look great? I think we'll finish. The I top said the ten. same thing, Max. I'm and, not afraid to say it. And to be honest with you, it wasn't necessarily a fringe belief. A lot of people had optimism because we brought in players who looked good, right? It wasn't necessarily players that were big punts. Looking back at them now, they look like really big gambles. But back in August, back with the optimism, we thought we'd really compete and do well in the Premier League. But it, at the end of the day, we're fans. You know, we can be. Yeah. I'm, I'm we're all journalists here. We run a podcast. But we don't have training in the game where we make decision makers. We're not the ones going out there and spending millions of pounds on players. Tony Khan should know better. Just saying, you know, that, listen, all the fans thought they were good signings at the time. Listen, that's a good point to make. But at the end of the day, we're not paid to make decisions. We're just here giving our opinions as fans, as journalists. Tony Khan, that's his job. But he's not treated like a job, Russ. And if he's there um, at Mossberg Park, Every single day, if he's at every single match, and this is his only commitment, 
then you know what? He got it wrong. Everyone makes mistakes. But he's distracted. He's doing stuff with the wrestling. He's also involved with the Jaguars, I believe. It's not his sole focus. And, that's, oh, I, and I said this a couple months ago. I told you, I, I have a criticism of yeah. that. I mentioned the fact that I watched the Jaguars game on the same day that Fulham played Chelsea at Stanford Bridge and Tony Khan was in Jacksonville, and that bothered me. And Exactly. And, and this is not an ad hominem attack. This is a very good point that if you want to run a Premier League club and learn from the stakes we had in 2013-14, which is also the Khan's first year at the club, then you have to do things differently. And when you show a lack of commitment, when you show a desire to do things other than Fulham, that's perfectly fine. No one's saying you have to be Fulham through and through. But what we are saying is, if you want to do other things, don't be director of football. That's not a job you can do part-time. And at, at the end of the day, look what happened in January. We were in for a right-back, right, Sabali from, from Bordeaux. Yep. I think that would have made a really big difference, having an actual right-back playing um, in the last, whatever, 15, 20 matches. We didn't get him. We got the deal in late. He's been said we were working on multiple signings. We got two wingers and a Premier League reject center back. That's who we got in January. Why are we surprised? We didn't improve yeah. the squad. So we really could learn from the mistakes of the summer and getting plays that could have helped us. Not enough is made of how poor our window was. Sure. I think a lot of people said we got relegated on January 31st. That's what I'm saying when we showed a lack of of, of commitment to back the back the lads well, and see, all of this for I me, say, has to land director for me Fulham got relegated the day that they uh, sacked Savisi Jokanovic and I'm not afraid to say that again uh, that's, that's wrong uh, that's not, that's not. <laughs> that was what that was November Russ come on I mean you can disagree with, with the appointment of Ranieri but I mean I know a lot of people have opinions on your camera well the reason why the I say that, that is we because were in the league and we lost six in a row and we were directionless right. it was a, it, that wasn't why we got sacked okay no Jokanovic well, I'm sorry, I should have said bringing in Ranieri because Ranieri's style was not going to fit the players that he had. So that's, that's – uh, yeah. I should have I'll said that, that more than yeah. the Savisa part, but I still you know, I still like Savisa, so I feel strongly about that. But listen, getting back to just talking about this, and guys, I respect both of your opinions on this. I hope you respect where I'm coming on this. And Giannis, you brought up the New England Patriots. So this is my mentality. I understand why you're pointing the finger – at Tony Khan, but when I watch Bill Belichick at a press conference, you know what he says, especially when the Patriots lose? He puts the blame on himself, on the coaches, and on the players, but he does not name them out. He will just say, we all need to do a better job in a very general term, but it because it's about team. So when I look at this failure, I understand why you guys are putting all the focus, or a good amount of the focus on Tony Khan. I look at it a little bit differently. I think he has his part in it, but I think the players have their part too. Whether they were good enough or not, they still have a role to play, and they're not doing their role good enough. And then, of course, you have the coaches. So everyone, I think, has a piece of the blame pie, as I've said before. I get why you guys are focusing so much on Tony Khan, but don't forget the coaches and don't forget the players because I think it shouldn't just be about one person. That's just my opinion on that. All right. Mr. Janaeus, back to you. Back to you. Final words before we go. Uh, I'm going to just – fans were magnificent. Uh, I do like Scott Parker. Uh, I think he's an intelligent young man, and, and, you know, I do hope he's with us next year. I think he's, you know, he's an honest lad who played the game hard, and I'm sure he's going to – he deserves a chance to do one for us, and I think he will. 
And I'd just like to credit some credit to Joe Bryan. I thought he had an excellent game yesterday. And, yeah, uh, I thought I, he did I, too. Yeah, I've, I've not been totally enamored with his play this year, to be honest. He's, he, the jump has been quite a, a steep, it's been a steep climb for him, but I thought he was very, very good yesterday. Totally agree. Kudos for that. And um, let's look forward to Liverpool. It's gonna. It's funny that we've got two games coming up that um, will have no bearing on our season, but will be critical in terms of the top, and we could play the role of spoilers. And Maybe. they are at the cottage. Um, and I... I, I, I think City, City, I just, I don't see any reason we get anything out of them. But Liverpool, I could see us giving them a bit of a hard time. And uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Let's, okay, let's see what excellent. We can excellent, Giannis. Max, over to you. Final words before we go. Eight matches to go, right? I don't want to enjoy ah. it, honestly. It's, it, it, I don't have any joy looking to these matches. I said after Chelsea, just play for pride, enjoy it. But yep. it's just going to drag out. Because it's depressing. It's March. We're down in March, essentially. That's pitiful. And not only are we down in, are down in March, we could really set some of the records for the worst Premier League season in a long time. I mean, 68 goals conceded in March. It's, it, it, it's, it's, very, it's very sad to look at. And at the end of the day, next season cannot come quickly enough. I cannot wait for next August for a new slate and a new chance. Because early season optimism, it's, it's a great thing. But just to put this train wreck for a season behind us will be very, very therapeutic for all Fulham fans involved. Okay, very good there, Max. All right, great show by you guys. You know, listen, this season has been a challenge, as we all know. It's been just terrible. And uh, I just want to just say to everyone, just thank you once again, and I say this a lot, for listening to Cottage Talk. The amount of listeners... You keep coming back, and I just really appreciate you listening. I obviously appreciate all of the co-hosts that make this show what it is and which is a fantastic show even during the worst times and this is probably the worst season i can remember as a foam supporter i still get to do this show with uh, my friends talking to two of them right now and it's just a joy to do and uh just want to thank you guys and obviously all the listeners i do have one final word that I want to talk about. One final thought I want to just mention. I mentioned this on a prior show, and I have to mention it again. If people are not aware of this, what happened at Stanford Bridge last Sunday with the members of London Calling Calm. They were by the security of Chelsea at Stanford Bridge. They were given a hard time with the uh, idea of taking a photo. They all wanted to take a photo at Stanford Bridge with the foam flag and the security at Stanford Bridge gave them a hard time. And it's been a week now, and there has been no response from Chelsea Football Club. So many fans have tweeted to them basically just to apologize for the way that the security people treated these people that were walking for a great cause. Walking. And... It is just unbelievable that Chelsea Football Club still have not responded. And I guess it just shows me one more time why I'm glad I'm a Fulham fan and not a Chelsea fan. Anyways, just want to end with that. Okay, well, listen, great show, guys, but we do have to wrap this up. For Janos Janais and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute. 
and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.